Well, hey guys, let's get started tonight. Uh, we have uh, we have a treat in store for us. Um, Romans chapter three. Uh, our good brother Josh Miller, uh, pastoral intern here at Hillside, he's going to be bringing the word tonight. Um, you've heard from Dan, you've heard from me, you're hearing from Josh, uh, and you're going to get used to hearing from Josh uh, in the future because the dude brings the word. And so, uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and I'm going to invite Josh to come up here and just uh, slay the word tonight. So dear God, we just thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that we get to come uh, to study your word, uh, to worship you together through the study of your word. Uh, God, and we just pray that tonight you would speak through uh, my brother Josh, uh, God, and yeah, may, may our hearts just be transformed from the inside out uh, as, as the gospel is preached. So God, we just thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful, beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's get up for Josh as he comes and brings the word. Applauded before, so this is like ground great groundbreaking things. I just said groundbreaking. It's like, it's like are you nervous, Josh? <laughs> By no means. Um, as Matt said, I'm an intern here at Hillside Christian Fellowship. This is my debut night uh, preaching the Word of God at Ecclesia. So this is a, a, a milestone moment for me. Um, I'm shaking. I'm not shaking. Uh, but for, for a lot of you, this is the first time of you hearing me preach. Actually, Levi and Alyssa get to hear me preach every other Wednesday at uh, the Word Bible Study, and they can agree that I know how to preach it. And so, um, uh, how many of you guys know the five love languages? Hey, in the, the book by Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages, ba-bam, ba-bam. So, uh, the guy goes through and he breaks through all the different love languages. And uh, it's like touch, words of affirmation, uh, action of service. Uh, Matt, help me out here. Um, gifts. And what was the quality time? Quality time, my enemy. Um, so mine is absolutely words of affirmation and touch. So if you hug me and tell me I look really good, uh, I'm going to feel great and I know that you love me. Um, so just as like we can make this like a group thing, this is not just me talking. Uh, if you guys like something I say, say preach it, say, say amen. Hey, Levi's catching on. Um, Hallelujah! You you like something I say? You you, you shout me down. You say uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, so I like to hear. And and you know what that does? It helps me build confidence. And then I think I'm doing really great. Amen. Even if it's erroneous, uh, we'll have like erroneous doctrine. We'll have like uh, blasph uh, blasphemy balls. And yes, in the back, you just go ahead and throw them at me. Or and then and when I escape, Matt will come up here and and try to siphon through all my different ideas and concepts. Amen. 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 All right, so we're, I, I get the honor uh, of, of preaching the word of God, and we're going to be in the entirety of chapter 3, the entirety of chapter 3. And so uh, today I want to talk a little bit about perspective, a little bit perspective. And if you're taking notes, which I would highly encourage, uh, I am terrible at it. Um, last Sunday when we were just going through Genesis and all the different uh, theologies, like I mean, I'm looking at it right now, theology, anthropology, all these things, I couldn't track it. I literally couldn't. I, I was trying to take notes, and I just couldn't. But um, I would highly encourage you, even if you don't know what's going on, the Holy Spirit might speak to you later. Amen. Amen. So let's let's take notes and let's uh, let's write down what God's saying to our hearts. Amen. So I'm gonna read the scripture. It's a lot there, and then I'm gonna lead us in prayer, and then we'll get going. Amen. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way, to begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. Uh, what if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true. 
though every one were a liar, as it is written that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But if your but if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say that God is unrighteous to uh, unrighteous to inflict wrath on on us? I speak in a human way by no means. For then, how could God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth um, abounds to his glory. Why am I still being condemned as a sinner? Why not do evil that good may come? As some slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not all, for we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive the venom of asps is under their lips um, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known there is no fear of god before their eyes now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to god for by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Um, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his uh, divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded by what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from uh, apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not only the God of Gentiles? Is he not the God of Je God of Gentiles also? Yes, of G Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Let's pray. Um, God, we just thank you for these just next moments we get to share. God, just speak speak to our hearts. God, speak to my heart. God, as, as, as you gave me this word, God, just recently, God, I pray that you help me to articulate and communicate what you want to share tonight. God, let it all just be you and your Holy Spirit speaking tonight. God, I pray for everyone's hearts in this room, God, that their hearts are ready and they're postured uh, to receive your word. God, let us be humble before your throne as we, as we come, come to your word. And uh, God, transform us from the inside out, God. Uh, change our minds. Change our perspectives tonight. And God, uh, God, let us just experience you tonight. Whether, where there are two or more gathered, you're with us also, God. So we just, we just thank you that your presence is here. And God, we just want to glorify you in this time. So God, we just lift up these times to you. We love you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So recently, um, Alyssa and I just passed the one-year mark of our uh, uh, relationship, and that's worth clapping for. Amen, yeah, come on, thank you. We're so awesome. Um, so, uh, what I just realized, uh, if you backtrack about a year, 
um, Alyssa and I, we were coming out of some relationships, and, and I was following Jesus, and I was just like lit for Jesus, and, and I felt led by the Holy Spirit to message Alyssa on social media. Um, it was all God, I promise. Um, so, so it was so funny. Um, um, I come off, and I know she has a boyfriend, but I try to come off as a friend. Uh, girls in the room, if he's coming off as a friend, he's not actually coming off as a friend. If he wants to meet up with you, he actually might like you a little bit, okay? Maybe deep down. You don't see it, but that's exactly what's going on. So, um, I am in the ideology, I'm like, okay, so I just, you know, I gotta, I gotta show, you know, I gotta be romantic, I gotta kick it up a notch, and I, I'm like, I'm like, trying to, trying to be like Romeo, like, I don't know what happened, I don't know, I was just like, I was in love, I don't want to tell you, like, I didn't even know her, and, and I was already in love, so, I get to this point, and I remember the same night, I, I asked her out, and I remember, I was talking to Levi about this, I was talking to Levi, we were, like, talking about it, I was like, yeah, like, she's just so, like, she's, she's, she's hot, um, like, I was just like, dude, I have a good feeling about this, you know, no offense to the boyfriend, he kind of sucked, but, like, like, I think, I think I've gotten in, I think I've gotten in, Levi, and, and I was coming out of a relationship, a long relationship, and Levi, uh, the voice of reason, a.k.a. my buzzkill, uh, in the midst of my, my spiritual high was like, yeah, man. Hey, man. Uh, don't put too much stock in it, bro. Yeah, that, like he, like he totally like here was my plane, and Levi just like it was down. It was absolutely destroyed. Um, but my, uh, I was like, yeah, okay, Levi. And so I didn't take it. I didn't take it at all. So praise God, because we made it a year. Amen. We love Jesus. Come on. So I find it interesting, because I was totally interested. My heart was like, my heart was beating around her. Uh, if you didn't know Alyssa, it takes like a while for her to warm up around you, and she doesn't necessarily talk a lot if she doesn't know you that much. Like she's not like me, like a social butterfly where I'm floating to conversation to conversation, and then like I don't know your name, but I know your history. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> hey, tell me about your life. You know what I mean? Like that's me. So um, I remember, I remember. The first night, it was after Ecclesia, about like a, like a year ago and a month, okay? And I remember I was like, she posts on Twitter, oh man, I wish I could go stargazing. And I'm like, I've never been stargazing. Time to step up to the plate. So <laughs> your boy hits her up and like, come on, girl, I'm going to pick you up in half an hour. And we go and watch some stars at my secret spot. Like, you know, probably looks bad in context, but I was, we were growing. We were growing. Um, so, like, I don't know what it was. I'm typically a confident guy, right? But, but the, 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 the facts of the matter is uh, my confidence was skewed uh, because my perspective, I didn't know Liz was interested. I thought I had to earn something, so I had to be romantic. Uh, my God, I spent hundreds of dollars on meals. Like, like, I've never spent more money on food before. And I didn't do that before, but now it's not Taco Bell. We're going to Claim Jumper. And so... Uh, so I tried so hard to impress. Listen, my perspective is I gotta, I gotta be the best. I gotta be the best to this girl because I am Casanova and I am, I am follower of Jesus. I am the full package. Amen. So. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Shut me down. Um, so. My perspective, I, I felt like I had to earn something. You, you know, it's so funny when we'd go out to eat. Uh, I'd like. I'd eat half a salad. Like, I would literally, sparingly eat. If you know me, and you know me in food, I don't, this is business. I'm getting down to business. I'm going to put down this food in record time. And I'm not even going to, like, it's not like I'm trying. It's just how I eat. I got a big mouth. It just works that way. I'm, that's what I'm doing. And if I don't know, even know if you could be writing notes right now. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, we just passed the one-year mark. 
and we spend a year growing and discovering and and and, and getting a bigger perspective on each other and understand to be honest she was interested in me at the same time and i was we were interested in each other we just didn't know it so it was just this confusion we're like i don't i don't know what's gonna happen like you know what i mean we were we were just on two different pages but we're actually on the same page we're reading the same book but we're on the same page but we're like I wonder what she's reading. You know what I mean? Like that's that's literally what we are. But my perspective now, once the walls came down, uh, I confessed my love for her, and uh, she couldn't resist me any longer. And um, now we're dating. And now, after a year of knowing her and and getting to know her and growing our friendship and our relationship with God and everything, um, my perspective of her has grown. And now, and now we just went to Claim Jumper just recently. There was a calzone about the size of this Bible. I ate that calzone within five minutes. I had a good system of marinara, boom, uh, ranch, boom, uh, marinara, boom. Uh, like, like my perspective of Alyssa, like, I know Alyssa's cool with this. She doesn't care. She Afterwards, she's like, Josh, I'm not even disgusted. I'm just admiring you. Like, you put that down. I'm like, I'm about to go into cardiac arrest, bro. You better call the police. Like, I'm about to die. So, the... Hopefully what I'm trying to, if you got anything from that, I hope that you got that my perspective of Alyssa directly influenced the way I acted around her. Where normally I would be putting back this salad, um, I'm holding off because I don't, for some reason, I feel uncomfortable with eating around her. And I don't want her to think I'm a pig, but I am surprised that she learned that very quick. Um, But what I like to uh, I like to I like to highlight is that our perspective, especially on life and on the Bible and people, directly affects the way we live our everyday lives. Right. We live in a society, and 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 there's just uh, especially in my world, uh, my family likes to debate. They like to take a side and they like to debate and and give their opinion. Our our world is obsessed with opinion and taking a stance. Um, especially in a world where there's uh, president, where there's presidential debates, we are called we are we're we are called to make a stand. What do you stand? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What is this? What what is your opinion? What is this? And I would like to say that our 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 perspective should not be shaped by this world, but it be shaped by God. Because very easily, and I I like to say that we all do that, but that's not the truth with all of us. Um, I find little spaces and places in my life where there might be prejudices and and there's maybe life experiences that may skew me and chain my heart to something that's not true and that uh, that is actually a lie. But we ought to come to a place where I'm like, this is what my perspective it is. And I'm going to submit my perspective to the word of God and what God thinks. We live in a society that, and I, I'm, I've been guilty of this, we're so quick to give our opinion. We're so quick to, to speak at something that, quite frankly, I don't understand. I don't understand uh, certain matters going on in this country, the unjust killings. All, it, all I know and all God sees is that people are dying, and I'm here to say that uh, God loves people and that all lives matter. That's right. Amen? Yeah, that makes me feel great. And so what... How, how, what do we, what do we do and what kind of perspectives are, are riddled in our church? And, and, and there's some good things and there's some bad things. I'm not here to bash perspective and, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to have a perspective, but I'd like to say again, that our perspective should not be uh, my opinion. It should be God's opinion because I want to be like Christ. I don't want to be like Josh. Amen? Amen. And so this first, this first bit I'd like to point out in, in chapter three is these first 
four, yeah, first four verses. It says, then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision much in every way? To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if, were some, what if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words that, and prevail when you are judged. If you're taking notes, uh, I want you to write down his over ours. His over ours. I want to read some scriptures to you to, to drive home this point. Um, Isaiah uh, chapter 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. I'd like to highlight, um, he's, he brings up, he brings up the, the, the question of scripture and we get this a lot. We get a lot of scripture bashing like, oh man, uh, it's eventually just, it's just coming from man. It's just, it's just coming from these people. It's the, the, this book. I mean, technically this book is written by people. Like I can't refute that. This is written by people. Uh, but God uses broken people to tell his perfect story. Amen. Amen. So what we need to realize when we come to term is our faithlessness does not nullify the faithfulness of God. Um, God, uh, he is he is transcendent above our uh, our little petty sin. He is transcendent above all things. He is the head of all things, and in all things he and in him all things are held together. So what I like to highlight is that we serve. A big God. We serve a big God. Our God doesn't look at what the what's happening in the world, and He doesn't say like I'm losing control. Everything's off the rails. This isn't this isn't what uh, I, I I didn't I didn't intend for any of this to happen. Like like I'm I'm freaking out kind of. Holy Spirit, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. God the Father. I don't, I don't know. Jesus, what do you think? I, I'm losing it. Like, did I die for nothing? Like, you know, they're not freaked out. Our God is ahead of all things. He sees the end from the beginning, and we can trust him because he sees the end from the beginning because he is transcendent, and he is bigger than us, and he is more pure, and he is holy, and he is flawless. Um, I, I truly, I don't want to say that uh, God... What I would like to say is that God is not afraid of what's going on in this country. He's not afraid, which is not, not to say that he's showing emotion. I think he truly is grieved for what's going on in our country. I think he's truly heartbroken that this is what happened um, to his creation. This is not how it was supposed to be. And I think he, he is truly heartbroken. And I'd like to challenge us, are we truly heartbroken about what's going on in this country and in this world? Very simply, um, I just read an article just the other day. Uh, there's a new president in the Philippines who are killing, who's killing uh, drug dealers. I, I mean, I guess, but they're killing drug dealers on the spot. Anyone associated with drugs or even thought to have been associated with drugs are being killed in the streets on the spot without trial. Dr they're judge and executioner, just the drugs. 
and best believe that the drug cartels are going to want to answer back. I can't speak for them, but nevertheless, it is not a good situation. There's pain and there's hurt going on in the world, and it's very real. And our church should not be so quick to give our opinion, rather to just sit there and realize that people are dying and people are trapped in sin. But we serve a God that is bigger than that. And he is not afraid. And he's confident. But he's still (laughs) grieved. And I truly believe um, he's also hurting for the church that is in the persecution of the church. I don't know where you've at. Uh, at just recently at Men's Group, we talked about the persecution. Um, um, you take one step of faith and you make one stand for Jesus and you're me- immediately burned at the stake. Um, but I think God's probably even more grieved that there's people under persecution twisting the word of God to fit, uh, uh, to satisfy the itching ears of this world. Um, there is there's real people that are twisting the gospel to to to. Uh, uh, to appeal um, to these people, but they're uh, very easily uh, deceived. Um, but nevertheless, um, the faithlessness, even though within the church uh, we may be faithless and we may have suffered. I mean, we're all human beings. I can't deny that I'm human. You are human. I can't say that I'm faithful 100% of the time. But I do know that my God is faithful and he will come through always. And the thing, the good work he started in us, the good work he started on this planet, he will bring to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's something we need to understand. God is, God is omnipowerful. The mention of his name, uh, the mention by his word, he spoke Everything into existence, uh, the space matter time uh, continuum is 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 because he said it is. Yeah. Our God is way bigger. Where we have different ideas and theologies uh, that that God somehow like manufactured all these things. We have the Big Bang theory and things like it. No, God God is God, and God is transcendent. And by the very nature of His word, things happen. Uh, Jesus in the ma- uh, in the in the garden. Uh, just as he's about to be taken away to be crucified, they ask where, which one of you is Jesus, and he says, I am. And they immediately get knocked on their butts. That's the, that's the God we serve. We don't serve a small God. He is omnipowerful. He is omnipresent. And I don't know what season you may be in. I don't know what breakthrough you might be looking for, but we serve a God that has gone before us. He's the one that holds tomorrow, so we only have to worry about today. There's enough. His word says we have enough to worry about today. So let's not worry about tomorrow because God holds our tomorrow. We are not a dying church. We are not a dying church. Things haven't given there's there's millions of people getting saved every day in China right now. We may think, oh man, the gospel ain't what it used to be. It's like no, it's not. We've got we've got pastors like Carl Lentz uh, talking to uh, 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 these movie stars and these and and, and uh, public figures and and they're giving a gospel perspective on on this in, on this world. And so I'd like to. I'd like to highlight, uh, you could kick the gospel out of school. You could, ki- you could kick the gospel out of movies. You could kick the gospel out of the government, but that will not stop the gospel from going forth. We, God, is unstoppable because he is all-powerful and he is omnipresent. Amen? Amen. And guess what? Uh, he's not JV. I wrote this down and I have to share it. He is not JV. He is varsity. He will lead us into victory because, you know what? Jesus never took an L. Amen? He never took an L. He doesn't lose. And so, 
from that, we, get, we establish that God, and God in his word is perfect. It never returns void. Um, it is perfect. If you learned anything from Sunday's message, from all the theologies Pastor Dave threw out there, is that God's word is perfect in literally every sense of the word. You cannot deny it. It fills every hole in the ship that it can never sink. And it, it, it sits, and, it's, and the fact that it's lasted this long, it is one of the highest selling books in all of history, and it survived under persecution and book burnings. Um, it still stands today, and it's still, be used, still being used throughout the world. Each one of us in this room probably has a Bible one way, shape, or form. We all have, an, we all have access to a Bible. We all have access to a Bible. Amen. And so flowing from that thought, um, I want to I wanna, uh, bring us to the attention for another perspective that we have in, our Christian, uh, in Christendom. Uh, in these next five, uh, next verses. But if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous uh, to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. By no means, for then how could God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? As some slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. Um, if you're writing notes, the next thought I want you to write down is abusing grace. Abusing grace. Um, uh, I think Paul wants to address some criticism, maybe in a little snarky way. He's, he's asking his questions. I'm, I, these are typically rhetorical questions. He's not looking for an answer, but he wants to paint a picture for us all. And so I think the image uh, he's trying to picture, uh, he, the, the people, that, that the, the opposition that he's trying to um, trying to uh, describe for us is that if God loves me so much, like you said, then why is he judging me and sending me to hell? And first off, how dare you tell me that I'm unrighteous? Man, all you Christians always tell me what's wrong, bunch of hypocrites. How many of you, how many of you done that? How many, how many of you dealt with that? It's like every single day I bring up Jesus. I've done this before. I haven't even said a word about Jesus. Like, oh, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. So you think God's sending me to hell? Uh, uh, like, like you're judging me right now. Do you think I'm unrighteous? Call me a sinner. Am I a sinner? I'm like, yeah, but, but, but like, oh, you're, you're much better than me. No, no, I'm not. You don't understand. We, we, we get persecuted with this all the time. It is not, it is, it is something that, a criticism of Christianity all, all the time. We, we get labeled as self-righteous people. Uh, when it's very much so far from the case. Uh, you know what a good argument is to people that call you a hypocrite and call you a broken uh, down loser that's everything's like good like yeah yeah you're probably right and we've got room for one more in my church actually you could sit next to me in the in the hypocrite section because there's room for one more amen so not only uh, not only do we see this uh, in relation to people outside of the church but we see this in relation to people inside the church inside the church. I can't tell you how many times, uh, I, sometimes I'm hesitant to ask people, hey, like, hey, well, I haven't seen you in a while. You haven't been in church. Because out of that, out of that uh, comment uh, could bring up some kind of pride that, 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 that oh, oh, I'm saying I'm supposed to go to church and, and what makes you so righteous? And, and you know what? I don't... Uh, you're wrong. You're a sinner. I don't have to go to church. Like, but there's grace, bro. And, and 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 this happens all the time. Not even not even when it comes to church attendance, but even our own sin. Because the minute I want to talk about sin, um, the minute I want to talk to my brother Levi about sin, 
there might be some kind of safeguard. The minute you want to talk to me about my sin, there's a safeguard that goes up. Because why? Because the flesh will always want to make provision for itself. It, I want to justify my sin. I want to protect my sin. You know why? Because I like my sin. Whether you want to admit it or not, if there's sin in your life and, and you're like, I don't want it, I, I, I don't want it. There's a little part of you that actually kind of does. You know why? Because you keep doing it. You keep doing it. So I feel, I feel that we need, and, I, and I've been guilty of this. People have pointed sin about me you know, in my life. And you know where my mind goes it, right after that, following that thought, someone accuses me, what about their sin? Oh, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't do this. Oh, yeah, you're wearing short shorts. And, and that's unholy. You know what I mean? And then now it doesn't become this battle. And maybe maybe you've approached the person. You're like, hey, listen, like, I love you. This is what's going on. Like, this is your sin. But they take it as uh, it's not a, a, a revelation from God. It's actually your opinion. And they feel like they're like, oh, well, that's your opinion. That's your perspective. And when you're just being like, I'm just trying to portray truth. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. I'm just like, this is what truth says. This is what the Bible says. This is what the law says. Um, but And they're like, no, no, that's actually just your interpretation. But... Um, for all you type A personalities uh, in the room that are having a conversation like that, um, I heard the best advice ever from uh, Pastor Jenny Smith, uh, Judah Smith's mom. Um, if you feel the need to share truth, and maybe you're right, and you're, oftentimes maybe you you know you are right, um, pray it, don't say it, because if it comes from me, it's a command, but if it comes from God, yeah. it's a revelation. That's good. That's good. Amen. And I think another realize maybe maybe I am, I'm describing, I'm maybe I am describing you. Maybe you've played this game. I've played this game. I, you know, I'd be lying to say that I haven't played this game where I try to justify my sin or I try to say, oh, oh, this is right uh, because I feel it's right. Well, you have no grounds because it's straying away from the Word of God. And so, uh, a huge point out when maybe you're in that moment where someone approaches you with your sin. I want you to ask yourself three questions. Um, I've lost my spot. All right, well, first thing off, um, if um, ask yourself, does this person, is this person actually benefiting from talking to me about this? When I approach you about my about your sin and be like, hey, listen, uh, um, like this benefits me no way, shape, or form. I'm not getting some kind of high from like doing, telling you what's right. I'm actually just care about you. I actually just love you. That brings me to this next question. When the person may be asking me, is this person coming from a place of love or are they coming from a place of judgment and comparison? We'll cut, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then the last one, and probably one of the most important, um, is the Word of God supporting exactly what they're saying. Does the Word of God support exactly what they're saying? Um, one time, you guys know Blake Dunbar? Anyone? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Blake Dunbar. We love Blake Dunbar. He is the man. Um, I remember he was sharing this story with me. And... Um, it was this weird, like, story he learned in, like, Damascus Christian, and he kind of gave me the premise of the story. He's like, this lady, this girl, let's call her Tammy, because I like the name Tammy, and I use it a lot, 
Uh, Tammy's in a room, okay, and she's told to make little uh, action figures. She's told to make these little uh, uh, creations, right? So she makes them and have like four arms and something weird, like a bunch of eyes, because it's weird. It's a kid's book, right? So what we have here is in. It's all on this table, so imagine black room, uh, table, Tammy's making these things, uh, she gives it life, and then she's just awesome. There's these two little things, and they're just lit, like it's happy, like she's like, this is the bomb. Like she is just so stoked about these little creations, because they love, they love her, they're like laughing, and like having a good time, and, and, and so this is where the, the, the thing gets sticky. We see the little creations walk over to the edge of the table. And, and the lady, Tammy's like, no, what, don't do that. What do you, do? like, don't, you're going to fall and you're going to die. He's like, jumps, deliberately just jumps. And so Tammy freaks out, catches the thing, puts it on there, and, and, and is like, uh, she's like, what? See, that was a close one. You could have died right there. Like, don't, don't play games. All right, no more games, little one. And he's like, does it again. He hops right off, and, and he's having fun. He's getting a little kick out of it. He's getting having a good time with what he's doing. And then the other one's like, oh, that looks super fun. That one, that, I'm all for falling because you know why? Because I know Tame is going to catch me every single time. I think this paints a perfect picture for what we do with our sin sometimes. Maybe, maybe we ought not uh, be so quick to embrace our sin because God uh, says and God's word will support that sin will provide immediate satisfaction. And maybe it's fun for a little bit. And maybe there's grace. You know, maybe, you know, I feel like maybe oftentimes Christ, people that have grown up Christian, they think, oh, the minute I sin, it's going to be bad. And then they find out the minute it, it, they sin, it's actually pretty good. And I, I kind of like that. And so maybe it was wrong. And so they go down this path where they're just practicing sin because it feels good and I'm jumping, I'm jumping and I know God's going to catch me. There's grace. It's not affecting my eternal destination but guess what happens in this story? The, eventually, they're falling so much, they're falling so much that each one of them just hits the ground, splat, and dies there on the spot. Something we need to acknowledge about sin. It may not, might not kill us now. It may not affect my spirituality now. It might not affect my emotions now but it sure will over time. Just give it some time. Just give it some time. And so when I come to my brother or I come to my sister, I'm saying, hey, stop. Like, you don't want this. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I don't believe in legalism. I believe that, I believe that God didn't make the rules just because he liked making rules. I believe God was genuinely saying, this is where this leads to. Please don't. Please don't. I love you. Please don't. But, oh, man, we like to abuse grace because we love, we love our sin. I, I, can't say, I can't say you could sin your way out of uh, salvation in Jesus, but it can make this life a whole lot harder. I know that for sure. And so flowing into my next thought, we're going we're gonna to be talking in the next uh, 9 through 20. And uh, just, just recently, uh, I did the comparison. So if I were to approach Levi, um, it would be out of a place of love and compassion. I care about Levi. I don't want him to go down this path. So what is the juxtaposition of that? What is the exact opposite of that? And I, and I, and I blatantly kind of discreetly put out there, it is judgment. It is comparison. I am comparing myself to another person. So uh, 
reading uh, verse 9, What then are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, no, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of, a, of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitter, bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And in their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever... The law says it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So, very distinctly, he wants to, he wants to say, are we Jews any better for knowing? Are we Jews? Something to highlight about the Jews, they were at a place of, of uh, I, I know, I assume a lot of us have heard of the Pharisees, right? And, and, and later in the early church, we have these Judaizers who believe um, the gospel and the, and the law and doing the law, like sacrifices, circumcision, the external uh, position. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the sacrifice because that's what Moses saw. Um, but when Jesus paid for that on the cross. And so we see a lot of that uh, today in our, in our uh, culture. We uh, very distinctly, um, we were, we were in Seaside for the 4th of July. We had some pretty, uh, pretty gnarly guys uh, preaching the gospel at the beach. Um, they they were calling out girls for wearing certain clothing. Uh, they were judging on the outside. They were calling them names. They were they were putting themselves at a place of self righteousness, um, but not in a place of love. It is a place. They're trying to get a rise. They're trying to get a reaction. Trying to say, oh, I am doing my due for the gospel. What are you doing? The guy literally said, what are you doing here? I'm like, "Uh, I'm just here with my friends. He's like, no, you're on a vacation. And young man, you need to get off vacation because this is the gospel and this is serious. Like literally, (laughs) (laughs) but seriously, like it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen with those, the, 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 you know, the crazy extremist, uh, God hates gays and all this, that crowd. It kind of happens in our own circle, doesn't it? Because we're still human beings, right? I'll tell a personal testimony of mine. Uh, recently, even in my own walk, I found myself in a place where I was holding myself to a high standard. Like, that's good, right? Like, that's good. I'm holding myself to a high standard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, 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 and I was being intentional about my external uh, 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 doings that I started looking at other people. Say I'm running. I'm old. Man, I am, I am living righteous and everything. And I'm looking to my friends, and I'm looking left and right. And I started looking at them like, why aren't they doing the thing I'm doing? I can't believe them. They are, they are unholy. They are, I can't believe them. How often, especially if we find ourselves in, in our church circle, especially if we, we look at celebrities who claim uh, Christ in their lives, but they're still going against uh, what we believe, and they're not showing it externally. Um, we are so quick to share our opinion. We're so quick to, 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 to share the law. Like, hey, listen, bro, you know you went to that party last night. Um, God says, I don't care if you drank, but God says to avoid the appearance of evil. Maybe that person was ministering at that party. You never know. So why are we so quick to judge? Because we're still human beings. Good. 
and I think a, a huge point, and, and I, I, I think we could all catch ourselves in the middle of this. Um, I've caught myself plenty of time. I can't, what, why is this person, that person didn't show up to Ecclesia last weekend. I did. You know what I mean? Like, okay, bro, like, have you never shown up to Ecclesia? Yeah, I, I missed a couple. It's like, okay, then you have no room to talk. Because maybe they're on a different journey. Maybe that person's dealing with some sin in your life, and maybe you have victory over that sin. But it's our job to say, hey, bro, you're sinning, you're sinning. Like, bro, stop. What would Jesus do? WWJD, would Jesus persecute them, or would he come alongside them? So instead of maybe maybe we're playing on the court, we're, we're playing varsity, and Jesus is playing point, and we're balling it up, and we look up in the stands, and that person's, like, not in the game, and they're, they're maybe sitting in church, and they may be walking and doing the walking, and they come sparingly to church, and they're, they're, they're trying to figure it out. Why, why are we so quick to say, oh, they, they've got problems, so we'll be praying for them. Why don't you get involved in their lives? Amen. So what does Paul say? What does he say in in this in the last bit in verses 19 and 20? He says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The law was not, we don't, when we look at people on the outside, when we look at people outside of the church, or maybe they're, they're in the stands, they're not all the way in in Christianity, they're not playing around, they're not you know, making threes for Jesus, you know, are, we supposed to, are we supposed to point them to the law? No, there's only one, under, one name under heaven and earth that one man could be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. The law was not designed for us to point to righteousness. It's not, it, is, it is not supposed to guide us in righteousness. It's supposed to point us to the one who provides the righteousness. So out of this thought, this, this shapes our perspective. In the next verses, he says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just. And the justifier of the one has faith in Jesus. I like to say that this gospel is supposed to shape the way we live. Just as, just as if when I was, uh, my perspective of Alyssa uh, shaped the way I acted around her, the way we view this gospel, it is, it is important in the way we live and how we view people and how we view this world. It is something, what Paul would say, what Paul would say is, I've been, here, I'm going to turn my Bible, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you were, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were 
were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show them immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith that is and this is not of your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of work so that no one may boast but for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them how do we view the gospel we get it twice already in Romans 3 and also here in Ephesians that it is a gift it is, not, it is not a permission slip to sin. Our grace, the grace from God, is not a permission to sin. God didn't give us freedom to sin. He gave us freedom from sin. That's right. It is not an invitation to keep living the way I'm living. God is not interested. We are literally going from death to life. Christianity is not an add-on to your everyday life. It is literally your life. Yeah, good. We are not being called to religion. We are not being called to follow a rule book. We are not called to dot every I and cross every T, but we are called into a relationship that changes us from the inside out. That's right. We are called to put off the old self. That's what it says in Ephesians. It says to put off your old self. That would mean to change your clothes, put off the old clothes, put on Jesus' clothes, put on righteousness out of relationship. Because if you, if you have experienced the gospel, I've known Jesus my whole life, but it took me about 19 years to figure out the width, the breadth, and the height of his love for his people. And that, that in, in itself, I could understand the gospel. Yeah, he dried on the star. I could know theology. I could know Bible knowledge. But when I come to terms, when I come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his love for me, it literally changes me from the inside out. So this doesn't become religion. This is not an allowance for me to sin what the world would want you to say. This is God inside of me, and he's transforming me, and, and, and I am growing in perspective each day. When, when I gave my heart to Jesus, my perspective in the world was very different from the way it is right now. And I can't say, I can't say, like, I, 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 I did everything right. Like, no, it wasn't, it's not an easy path, and it's not good. Righteousness is, is, is actually pretty tough in the beginning. But guess what it gives way to? It gives, I've never found more purpose, passion, love. I'm, everything's been redefined for me. And I'm not here to boast, but I know if God can do it to this sinner, I know it could do it to those sinners. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. So maybe when we're looking outside, we're looking at people um, people that maybe are living in sin, and maybe they don't know Jesus. Instead of pointing to the law and saying, like, you're doing wrong, that's sin, that's sin, so were you, sinner, so why don't you just point them to Jesus? Because yeah. the law can't justify anyone. Jesus Christ is the only one that can justify in, in, in verse in the last verse of, uh, of three, it says uh, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He is the one who established the law. He is the one who wrote it down. He told Moses to write down the law, his perfect law, the perfect law that would be would enable us to relate to God. But we are so fickle and we are so uh, uh, um Disqualified. We are. We have a human nature. We have a sin nature. We were born into sin, so we, there was no way we could possibly do it. So God came down to be our justifier. He He took on flesh and bone. He took on our sin nature, and He overcame. 
he overcame. So what, what, what sin do you have in your life? Maybe there's something you're waiting for. Maybe there's a place in your life where you're feeling like I'm disqualified. There's no way. Uh, I can't, I can't do that. Don't let your perspective on yourself change what God thinks of you. Cause God's word says you are more than an overcomer. That's right more than an overcomer and it's not it is not feel good christianity it is not feel good this is not something i want to tattoo and be like this makes me feel really good so i got it tattooed no this is the word of god and we believe it come on because you know why the word of god doesn't that doesn't prove void what are you going through i know i've heard stories of, of porn producers who give their heart to jesus and their heads are filled up with nasty terrible thoughts because they've spent years and years into this industry and you know what someone prayed over them and they prayed constantly they prayed constantly and he showed he showed up to the church one sunday morning he's like you know this is pastor pastor jude fuqua he led this guy to the uh to the lord he said you know pastor jude um uh, there's a there's a time where i think about this stuff every day but i stand before you today i woke up this morning not a single not a single one of those images are in my head so if God, if God could change a man who spent his entire, uh, entire career life looking at naked women and naked men and, and pornography and, uh, and the nastiness, what nastiness can he overcome in your life? Because you are more than an overcomer. That's, right. That's what God's word says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can you imagine if the church believed this? You know how many people would be coming to Christ every day? Because you know what? You know what? I, I might not know every theology, but I know Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you call on his name, he will save you. And you know what I know? I know my testimony. I know how I got to this podium. I know how Jesus rocked my world. Think of the woman at the well. The woman at the well was actually rejected. She came at a time at the well uh, when, when people weren't there. She was avoiding. She was a woman. She had three marriages. It's two marriages. I don't know. I don't remember. But she had a lot of marriages. Five? My God. No. Yeah. Five marriages. One was a boyfriend. And she was avoiding people because, you know what? There's people saying, oh, by the law, you are, you are disgusting. You are gross. But God met her at a well. And she was radically transformed. And you know what happened on the inside? You know what the gospel did to her on the inside? She ran to the people she was avoiding. And she didn't know much. I don't know much. I don't know much. But I know the man at the well. And I think he could do some I perceive you're a prophet. I perceive you're a prophet. He, she literally said that. And then she finds out that he's Messiah and she runs to the people she was avoiding. She's, you got, you got to see this guy. You got to see this guy. He, he came to me right where I was at. He came to me right where I was at. So what, so what is holding you back? The word of God says you are bulletproof. You may, your physical body might not be safe in this world, but your eternal soul is safe in Jesus Christ. How do we maintain this perspective, by the way? Because uh, for, quite frankly, I've heard, uh, I've seen many Christians that may have had that God moment, ah, like I've pieced the puzzle together, the gospel, I'm 100%, and, and maybe one thing happens to another, and there's distractions, and, and, and there's things, and I fall off into this path, and then now I'm in the world, and now my world is now shaping my God perspective, and now it's skewing what God has said. So how do we maintain? This is what, this is what uh, Paul would say. Uh, do we by, uh, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. How do we know the law? We read God's word. You want to know the promises? You read God's word. It's in there. You got to find it. You know, I might not know where every Bible verse is, but I know what it says about me. And you know what? I've read, I don't read this Bible for good uh, Bible knowledge and good preaching material. I read, sometimes I just read it to remind myself God loves me. 
And you know what he says right here? He's the God of the Jews. He's the God of the the, the religious sect of the world. He is also the God of the philosophers and the thinkers and the mystics. And you know what? He loves them just as much as he loves you. And guess what? If I, I want to be like Christ. So I want to love, I want to love those mystics. I want to, I want to be different. I want to be, I want to be like Christ. And you know what happens? It, you know what Jesus says or what his word or what his word would say is that it, uh, by the washing of the water, the word of God, I want God to renew my mind by the reading of his word. I don't think worship is actually, worship is really great, and I, I, I'm all for giving praise. I think God really loves it when we give praise as a heavenly aroma up to the Lord. Like, it's good. But you know what it does for us on the inside? You know what these songs are actually about? It's about God and his goodness right. and his grace and his mercy. And you know what I'm doing in my head? I'm renewing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. That's right. I'm rehearsing the gospel. God shaped me. God formed me. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're here right now, and you're like, yeah, bro, you're preaching like, and I've experienced this, and I've done this, uh, uh, like, like you're preaching like just you're my neighbor right now, because I I do this. Um, I like us to point out that this, even though we uh, uh, obedience and righteousness is not just a thing. I don't just get righteousness. Like I do get righteousness, but I'm still a sinner, and I still have a sinful nature. That means I still sin. Um, but along the journey, you'll find out the sin is way deep rooted, and so I'd like to challenge even those who are maybe walking the path and they feel like it, God, if there's any part of me that is prejudice, yeah. is there any part of me that is not preaching your word? Because I want to get your word out. I want to get your message out because it's changed my perspective. You know what You know what Paul says? Paul says, the old man's dead. I was the Jew of Jews. I knew the word. I knew the law front and back, but that man is dead. That porn producer, you know what he's saying to his past? That man is dead. I buried him. And I've been given new life in Christ. Christianity is the only faith that puts the players in the game. We're not just fans. We're actually in the game. We're playing. We we are not sidelined. We are called to be in the race. We are called to be in the game. So I'd like to challenge us this day. Let's maintain perspective in a world that's riddled with perspectives because there's nothing like the perspective we got. We've got such a beautiful uh, advantage on the world because we have the gospel and we understand the gospel. So let us be people that are reading his word, renewing. And and, and for that thing in your life, you know what it is. We all have something we need a breakthrough in. The same God that holds that situation is the same God that holds this universe together and he holds the spiritual realms together. So if that God that could do that, make a breakthrough in your life, just know that his timing is perfect. Remember, he is perfect. And he will always come through. Yeah. He's over. The greater is he that is in me than he is that is in the world. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. We are given real life and we are given true faith. And there's ain't nothing like it. Amen. 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 So I'd like to encourage us. Um, and I hope I encourage someone tonight. And so I guess I'll just close this in prayer. And um, I want to really pray for us in those breakthroughs because I feel like there's maybe someone here tonight that needs a breakthrough. Maybe they're trying to regain perspective on their situation. So let me pray for us. God, come for your mighty throne. God, thank you that there's nothing else like in the world like the gospel. There's nothing else in the world like the gospel. We get to live a life filled with passion. We are given real life. This is not an addition to our life. God, I want to pray for people in this room that are needing a breakthrough. Maybe, maybe they're feeling like they can't 
go any further or they are disqualified or, or they are, their faithlessness has overridden their faith, your faithfulness, God. No, God, we declare that they are overcomers in Christ. God, that the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is now living inside of them. God, I declare that over everyone. God, I pray for everyone. God, a hunger to be in your word, to refresh their minds day in and day night. God, it's just, we need you. We need you, oh God. God, in, in this very moment, whatever that is, God, we just lift it up to you, God. We put it in your hands. The God that holds all the universes together, God, we lift it up to you, God, because we believe in your timing. You are perfect. Your timing is always right, and you will always come through. God, we praise you, God. God, I pray that this week and this message, God, is just one of the reminders that we have in this in, in this week, God. I pray that we get around people, God, to bring people in our life that help us maintain perspective. God, I pray that we jump in. God, we don't sit on the sideline. God, I pray we just jump into what you're doing in the earth, God. We want to be part of your plan. We get to play, we have the opportunity to play a small part in your plan and in your story, God. Lord, use us. Use us, oh God. It's all about you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everything was made for you and by you. We love you so much, Jesus, that you loved us so much. Even though we were, we were faithless, God, we were, we were lost in our sin, God, and you've set us free. Yeah. God, your word says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I declare freedom in this place, God. I, I declare whatever sin maybe someone may, might need to justify, God, I pray that the, the chains are broken in Jesus', na- in mm-hmm. Jesus name, God, because the, whom the Son sets free is free well, indeed. Right. You are free. Right. You, 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 you don't have to live in sin anymore. That's right. That's right. God, I pray for the person that might think that they are a slave to sin. You are not a slave to sin. Come on. You are the righteousness of God. Come on. That, is, right. that, is not what, that is not what I'm saying. God, is what you say. God, I declare righteousness, God. God, I pray that, that righteousness over, overrides these thoughts, God. I pray that in those moments, God, they just sing to the Lord and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That their gospel perspective on their sin, they realize it is nothing. I don't have to do this anymore, God. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you so much for this time. God, thank you that freedom, freedom reigns from your throne room right now, God. God, we just thank you for the for tonight, God. I thank you for these people. I love them, God. And God, I pray that we remain in perspective of you, God. Grow our perspective, God. I pray even now we're searching our hearts that we may grow our hearts a little bigger, God, to, to get your message out, God to get your message out. So God, we thank you and we praise you. We, we lift up these next moments to you. We lift up the rest of the fellowship and tonight up to you, God. This is all for you, God. Let this fellowship just be us reminding ourselves of that perspective and also just rejoicing in the Lord. God, let tonight be a, a heavenly, a, a great remote uh, aroma to you, God. We just want to worship you tonight. So God, we thank you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go for Jefferson, you guys. I want to piggyback on the on Josh's challenge. Um, y'all ever heard of accountability partners before? Yeah, they're they're like a real churchy thing to have. Um, I would suggest, and this this could be fun. This is completely on the spot. Uh, maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was uh, the potato soup I ate before. Um, but uh, accountability partners—they're good. They're also uh, lazy at times. Uh, but what if we all committed to have I'm going to dream big here. You guys ready to dream big? Yeah. Um, Jesus had 12 in his inner circle. Uh, 
what if each and every single one of us, we found 12 people in our life who would be our perspective partners, who, 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 would, who would encourage us, spur us on, uh, and give us a healthy dosage of that gospel perspective uh, that could spur us on in our life. Would anyone accept that challenge? I'm taking I, I'm, I'm taking uh, auditions for my 12. So one, two, three, four, five, six. No, 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 no. I, I, I honestly think that would be a really cool thing. And so, uh, uh, meet someone new tonight. Get someone's number. Uh, conversate amongst yourselves. Uh, we're gonna go have some good fellowship after this. And so, I would encourage you guys uh, find a prospective partner uh, and find maybe two. 11, 12, uh, and, and, and let's do it. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Good word, Josh. Good word.